0: FrequencyCast. Start-up in progress.
1: Hi and welcome to FrequencyCast, the UK's digital TV and technology show. At FrequencyCast, it's our mission to keep you up to date with today's tech, answer your questions and keep you entertained along the way.
0: Our shows are driven by your feedback. You decide what we talk about and we'll do the rest. Here's what we'll be looking at in today's show. Show 81.
1: YouView from BT is here, our first look. We trek boldly to a London convention, power consumption and podcast awards, a look ahead to Gadget Show Live London, plus your comments on Virgin and the Kindle. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news.
0: Frequency Cast, now loading, news.
1: Newstime, and UK equals 4G. The first high-speed 4G mobile network launched in 11 cities at the end of October, with plans for 98% coverage by the end of 2014. It's not cheap, though. The prices for the first network, EE, start at £36 a month for just a 500 meg limit, but speeds are up to 500% faster than on 3G. If you're on 4G, get in touch and share your experiences. Next, the iPad Mini is here. Sporting a 7.9-inch screen, but not a retina one, the price is between £269 and £539, depending on the model. UK release date, 2nd of November. Or, you could save your money and get the new Kindle Fire HD, a high-spec tablet for £159. See our show notes for more. Next, users of TomTom Live have been reporting that the live travel service has been unavailable for the last couple of weeks. The service relies on the Vodafone network and the outage has recently been featured on BBC Watchdog. In radio news, more BBC local AM stations will be shutting down. Stations in Essex, Hereford and Worcester will lose medium-wave radio stations for a short period to see if anyone notices. This follows recent shutdowns elsewhere in the UK. Next, we've heard from TopUp TV customers reporting that TV box content has vanished. Apparently this is due to contract issues with Universal, leaving those still on TopUp with even less content. Next, the world's most intelligent pen has got even cleverer, as Livescribe have released their new Skypen. We reviewed the original Pulse Pen back in Show 40 and this new model digitises what you write, including audio, and uploads it to the cloud. Link on our show notes and a full review coming soon. And in uView news, a new version of software is rolling out for Humax boxes, adding faster startup times, support for surround sound and recording groups. The rollout should take two weeks to reach everyone. And finally, in the month that Analog Telly and good old CFAX bit the dust, Freeview has just reached its 10th birthday. Now where would we be without Dave, Rolling News, Plus One, the red button, and more shopping channels than we can wave a remote at? Happy birthday Freeview.
0: Thanks Pete. For more news stories, go to frequencycast.co.uk forward slash news.
2: Frequencycast. Now
0: loading.
1: Focus. The first thing that we're going to talk about today is the newest digital TV service in the UK, which of course, Kelly, is... UView. Spot on. Now, Kelly, what do you know about UView?
0: UView is basically like a free view box, but it offers a little bit more, so you can still get all of your iPlayer's basically from the box and you can watch it on your TV.
1: Okay, so you're absolutely correct. It's basically free view with a hard disk recorder, which is the key bit, so you can record loads of hours of telly on this particular box. And, of course, this rather clever little program guide. Now, you've got the seven days in the future program guide and you can go in and do series link and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I've actually played with one of these. They're rather nice and you can scroll back and play things that were on TV a few days ago.
0: But you can also do that on your standard iPlayer.
1: But there is something to be said about having everything in one interface. So you don't have to turn the telly off, plug in your iPad, watch programmes that way. And also you don't have to keep switching between services. Have I sold you yet?
0: You haven't sold me. I mean, I understand its benefits in that respect.
1: OK, well, if I were to tell you, it's a high capacity hard disk recorder and it records all the Freeview channels and also it has Now TV
0: you have to pay for that, don't you?
1: Ah, you do. Now TV is Sky's sort of equivalent of things like Netflix and Love Film, where you can get the on-demand movies from Sky. And if you're into your movies, you know it's still cheaper than maybe signing up to a Sky subscription. Is that possibly selling you at all?
0: If it was nice and cheap for the convenience, then why not?
1: OK, quid.
0: <laughs> Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> yes, if you actually want to buy the standalone box, you want to pop down to your Curries or your Comet, it is £299 for the box, but of course no subscription, which kind of helps. The alternative, though, is to go with an internet service provider, and there are two, TalkTalk Talk and BT. Now, TalkTalk, Talk, their service gives you a free box, saving 299
0: I can understand that working for people on TalkTalk. Talk.
1: Yep, agreed. The alternative is to go with BT. Now, BT has just launched its Uview service a couple of days ago, and we caught up with Francesca Mahoney, who is the head of acquisition for BT Vision, to find out what their service is all about.
2: UView from BT launched, as you said, on the 26th of October. And with the service, you get over 70 digital freeview channels as well as 4 HD. So for the first time, we're now offering HD channels through BT. Also with the UV from BT, you get access to the biggest library of video on demand on UView, And that includes exclusively HD blockbuster movies as well as music videos. Uh, and with those music videos, you can create your own playlists.
1: Yes, actually, the playlist feature is rather nice. I've been playing around with the, uh, the music channel and the kids' TV channel playlists, that is a nice little feature.
2: It's a great, great feature. I'm, I'm pleased you've been playing with it, because I play with it all the time.
1: And uh, you're very impressed with the video on-demand service, no stutters, no, uh, no judders. What's the actual minimum broadband speed to, uh, to use this new service?
2: So The minimum broadband speed that we recommend is 2.2 megs um, for your um, normal catch-up and normal on-demand service. But if you do want to watch an HD movie, because it's actually streamed and it's not downloaded and played, we recommend a minimum line speed of 5 megs.
1: So who is the, uh, the UView service from BT actually aimed at?
2: At the moment, it's aimed for more at the Freeview upgrader market. We have a huge amount of Freeview customers in, in the UK. It's over 8 million customers. And if they are interested in getting more out of their TV service... They, they can upgrade to UView, get all of these features, like on-demand, like HD channels, for not that much more extra per month, so they can almost dip the toe in the water to experience a much better TV experience and service.
1: Now of course BT's already got the uh, BT Vision service, which I think has been around for, for four or five years now. How does UView differ from the existing BT Vision service?
2: There's a lot of similarities between the service, in terms of you still get the same amount of free view channels, the difference within the channel lineup is the HD ones which I've just touched upon. So there's four HD channels that are available on UView from BT and not on the Vision 2.0 service. The other major difference at the moment is uh, Sky Sports isn't available on UView from BT. We are working really closely with UView and plan to launch channels over IP Um, Later on in 2013.
1: Okay, so if I've got that correct, the existing BT Vision service doesn't offer HD, but it does offer uh, the Sky Sports channels. The new UView service does offer all the HD Freeview channels, but doesn't quite offer the Sky Sports channels yet. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, that's correct. We don't yet offer the Sky Sports channels, but they will be coming later on in 2013.
1: Now, of course, UView's been around for a couple of months now, and it does offer some rather handy little tools, including things like changes to the electronic program guide.
2: We've basically put catch-up TV back where it should be on your TV. So instead of going iPlayer on your laptop or on your mobile phone, what you can do is actually scroll back in the guide and see all of the TV programs that you've missed and that are available. And just with one click, it will open straight away for you. So, for example, if you wanted to watch something on BBC, instead of going into the iPlayer and searching for the specific program, you literally just scroll back with the rewind button on your UV remote control, get to the right day and then click OK or click play and it will play the asset straight away for you. So that's a really great quick easy way to access your catch-up TV.
1: And I must admit I have given that a try it's so much easier than going out of the normal TV interface firing up iPlayer watching what you want and then sort of struggling back to the menu.
2: Yeah it's great we've had some really positive feedback on that feature. The other one that we've also that we've had lots of positive feedback on is the search tool so you can search by title and as you search by title it actually gives you suggestions as you go so you don't have to type it all in and you can also search by genre so for example if I want To watch a comedy programme, it would give me options for comedy programmes not only just from one content provider, so not for example just from Channel 4 or just from ITV. It would actually search across all of the different content providers.
1: What I have noticed about the uView service is there's several different ways of getting into the content. So you do have the search option that you mentioned. You can also go through the on-demand screen and find it in various different categories. The really handy bit for me is the, uh, the players screen where you can actually get to all of the different players such as the BBC iPlayer and of course BT Vision.
2: This is a really exciting feature. Of overview. And this is where the product is only going to get bigger and better and stronger as more and more content providers come on board. So as you said, at the moment, there's a BBC iPlayer, there's ITV, so there's the free players. There's also the paid for players such as BT Vision as well as Now TV. And we are looking forward to much more content providers coming on board, giving our, our customers access to a huge range
1: of TV content. Excellent. I know if you, you pop down to the high street for a UV box, uh, you'd be looking at about £300, but um, you've got a rather better deal than that.
2: Yes, we have. It's great news for our customers because um, you can get a free UV box with UV from BT when you pay a £49 activation fee and a delivery charge. So you can still have, a, as you said, a significant saving when you come to BT for UV.
1: Excellent. And of course, without saying too much, there's a few exciting things in the pipeline, aren't there?
2: There are. It's, it's very much stage one of a really transformational period with TV from BT. And there's only bigger and better things to come.
1: And for more information on UView from VT and some screenshots, go to our website. The address is
0: www.frequencycast.co.uk
1: Now, Kelly, live long and prosper. Thank you. Oh, look at that. Kelly is doing the Vulcan salute with the two fingers together thing. I'm very impressed. Now, I didn't really place you as a Trekkie. Why? Are you a bit of a Jean-Luc Picard fan by any chance?
0: No, I love Spock.
1: Now, sadly, you weren't free to join me for a little trek to Excel, were you?
0: No, I'm so sorry.
1: I'm at London at the Excel Centre for Destination Star Trek London. What I can see here are various halls doing special talks where the captains are chatting about their experiences on Star Trek. The technical people are talking about how they put the effects together. And I'm now joined by Sam and Carol, who are...
0: We're We're the Trekkie Girls.
1: Okay, so you're bloggers and you talk about all things to do with the, the Star Trek world, is that correct?
0: Yeah, that's right. We're, um, we're 24th century girls stuck in the 21st century.
1: Now you're in your uniforms, which is good. If I've got this right, this is the original series uniform. Yes,
2: right. yes, these are both original. Um, I wear the red shirt, which is likely to die, and <laughs> Sammy is a captain.
1: So you run a blog. Could you give me a blatant plug for your blog website so that all the girls listening to the show can go along and see what this is all about?
0: Yeah, um, log on to www.trekkiegirls.com. Basically, we try to assimilate our friends into the 24th century mindset and, uh, and we'd like to assimilate you too, please.
1: I'm guessing resistance is futile, is that right? Absolutely. (laughs) Now, I have a chap in front of me by the name of Dave from a company called Realize Digital. And what drew my attention to their stand is they have a replica of a Star Trek transporter room. You get your friend to stand up there and using any Android or iOS smartphone, you can download the Beam Me Up app. You ask your friend to stand on the transporter, point the augmented reality camera towards it and your friend will get beamed up. Halfway through, you can take a photograph and upload that to Facebook or Twitter. Very impressive technology. Uh, If I may, I'm going to beam off now. Thank you very much. Rather than spending my time at the convention trying to catch up with stars to get their autographs, I turned my attention to the science and technology behind Star Trek. And I was lucky enough to catch up with Ronald D. Moore, who's a very well-known screenwriter and producer for The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine and Voyager
3: there were just times when I found myself writing dialogue between you know Jordy and Picard about some engineering problem and it was mostly about the rhythm of the conversation and I would you know you would just write tech in the script for tech and then the science consultant would tell you what to put in for that place and you just realize that some of this is just about pattern and rhythm, you know. Captain, the tech is teching, and if we don't stop the tech within 15 minutes, the, the warp engines will tech. Well, Mr. LaForge, call in auxiliary power and transfer the tech to the tech nacelles. No, Captain, that won't work. Wait, I have a theory, says Data. If we tech the tech in just the next five seconds, we might have a chance to finally tech our tech, you know, and you're just like, oh my God, how do I get out of this scene? Absolutely. Was there some kind of sort of Bible of, of tech
1: expressions that you had to, to adhere to?
3: There was a writer's guide, which we called the show bible, there, there was the tech consultants, the Akutas had you know, the technical compendium, there was a lot of information for writers, but most of the writers are liberal arts majors and we don't know from this, most of this stuff and you, you sit in rooms and you find yourself in passionate arguments with other writers about what the warp drive can and cannot do and yelling at each other because the transporter doesn't work that way and at some point you realise this is all madness and it's just like, what are we doing?
1: Right, I'm in a queue with two well-dressed next generation people, your names please. I'm Jacob. I'm Alishka. And what are you queuing for here today? For a photo shoot with Michael Dawn and Brent Spiner. Whereabouts are you from?
2: We're from Prague.
1: Ah, from the Czech Republic. Ah, yeshkovi <laughs> Yeah.
2: What we are offering today is a collection of Star Trek ships, which also come with a magazine that details the Star Trek ships. And the models are actually die-cast and hand-painted
1: forgive me but i know there's only about five or six enterprises so this is going to be a a fairly short series of uh, magazines well at the moment we've got 69 actual confirmed ships on the list got some of the um, highlights which i think will be the uss defiant the romulan bird of prey and also the borg queen ship the website address is www.startrek-starships.com
2: my name is masha and i'm from croatia my name is tedea and i'm also from croatia
1: Wow, and you've travelled here just for the uh, Star Trek exhibition today?
2: Uh, Well, actually, yes. We're staying here for a few more days in London, but primarily we are here for this Star Trek convention, yeah. Excellent. And
1: who are you looking to meet today? Anyone in particular?
2: William Shatner. He's so sexy. And Patrick Stewart. He's so sexy.
1: And I have to ask, these uniforms, did you actually wear these here or did you change when you got here?
2: Uh, we wear them here.
1: So I just wonder how many people are on the London underground system at the moment wearing Star Trek outfits. You must be very brave to, uh, to wear this. <laughs>
2: well, no, not really. I mean, it's London. Everything is normal here, I guess.
3: Uh, I'm from Forbidden Planet. We've got a store in central London, you may know, and uh, several up and down the country. From what you were telling me earlier, the
1: thing that's flying off the shelves is the Klingon Bird of Prey Haynes manual. Is that right? By golly, people have been very excited about it. So. How to change a spark plug in a yeah. bird of prey. Yeah, I mean, should it break down while you're out there, this is the book you need, yeah, obviously. Now, just looking at your stand at the moment, I can see a good half a dozen people, including some rather attractive young ladies over there, yeah. that are actually wearing the Star Trek outfits. Why do you think so many people want to dress up, come along to things like this? Dressing up has just become an enormously fashionable thing to do over, there. I don't know, about the last five years. and Don't dream it, be it, as they said in Rocky Horror, you know. John, if someone wants to get hold of some... Amazing Star Trek merchandise and they can't make it down here to the show. Do you have a web address where people can buy all this stuff? Yeah,
3: uh, simple enough, we're forbiddenplanet.com.
1: And for a full 17-minute version of my look at destination Star Trek London, including some rather interesting photos, go to the website, www.frequencycast.co.uk trek. Now, Kelly, remind us, where did we first meet you?
0: Oh, that was at the Gadget Show.
1: And you were actually there helping out with a stand, weren't you?
0: I was indeed. That was for Neurosky.
1: Of course, the thing that read Carl's brain and worked out you hadn't got one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was the one.
1: Well, Gadget Show Live is coming to London in November. Now, we mentioned this a few shows ago, but it's getting a little bit close now. And uh, I think we're off to go and see it.
0: I actually can't wait.
1: So if you are interested in Gadget Show Live, it's on Friday the 30th of November through until Sunday the 2nd of December. And it's at the Excel Centre in London, which is a really nice venue for that kind of event. The tickets are selling pretty fast and the shows for the Gadget Show Birmingham, as you'll know, Kelly, normally sell out very, very quickly. So the advice is...
0: Getting quick.
1: Now, we will be there probably on the Friday to have a look around. What you'll find there is the Super Theatre, which is where the Gadget Show presenters do their stuff on stage and do a lot of showcasing and stuff like that. We're not going to be watching that, though. We're having far more fun going around the exhibition, talking to the exhibitors. Now, there are 150 tech companies there. Kelly, who's going?
0: There's Microsoft, LG, Sonos, Nintendo
1: Ah yes, Nintendo Now they're there for the launch of the Wii U their new games console that uh, is uh, moving the Wii on with this amazing little touchscreen controller which should be fun. Uh, Who else is going?
0: Canon, TomTom, loads of names
1: And of course for us, we tend to to give the larger companies a bit of a wide berth because there's far more fun to be had talking to the smaller exhibitors because they have all sorts of wonderful things to offer Uh, For instance, a massage chair Any interest to you?
0: No, that's not really of interest to me.
1: OK, so as a challenge, we might try and force you into one of those then. Great. We've also got some weird things here. Uh, something called the Rode Pixel in-car CCTV. Quite why you'd want CCTV in your own car, I don't know. That's an unusual one. Also, this is the one I really want to try here. Pro Racing Office Chairs.
0: Oh, this sounds fabulous.
1: <laughs> OK, well, that's definitely one for us to try. Bluetooth rearview mirrors, that's an unusual one. What else have we got?
0: We've also got some robots.
1: Oh, they're always good fun, Yep. Yeah. Hi-fi.
0: Personal transport. Fitness. There's
1: something here called Echo Star that apparently lets you watch your TV anywhere in the world. That could be interesting.
0: That sounds quite good. I'd like to see that.
1: There was something called the Slingbox a few years ago, so I'm wondering if it's something similar to that. Home automation, and this one you're going to love.
0: A silent disco.
1: You're sold, aren't you?
0: I'm already there. I've pretty much got my headphones on and I'm dancing.
1: OK, so there you go. If you fancy going along to Gadget Show Live, the 30th of November to the 2nd of December, that weekend at London XL, and the web address is...
0: www.gadgetshowlive.net
1: And, of course, we'll be there with a recorder to capture the whole show.
0: Yes, try and find us.
1: OK, it's now time to challenge Kelly. Are you ready to be challenged?
0: I am, Always.
1: Now, what we'd like you to do is get in a balloon and go up to 100 kilometres into the atmosphere and do a free fall jump down into our studio.
0: <laughs> Very nice try. Definitely not happening.
1: Full credit to the guy, he did a superb job there. Okay, so you don't fancy that as a challenge? No. Right, Okay. here's one for you. This one is from Kelly Davis, another Kelly. Say hello, Kelly. Hello, Kelly. And I would like you to read out this challenge, please.
0: I have four outdoor lights and I'm trying to work out how much it costs per hour to run them. They are halogen halide floodlights, 150 watt. Could you please tell me how much it's costing me per light based on an average of 15p tariff?
1: And the answer, Kelly, is... Uh, You might need to give
0: me a little while on this one. It involves maths. Can you come back to me?
1: While you're thinking about it, we also got one in from James Evans. He says...
0: Can you tell me how much electricity a 240-volt shaver socket uses in an hour?
1: Come on, then. These things are stuck on the wall, little red light on, so that you can always plug your shaver in. They're always consuming electricity. So how much a year would one of those be costing?
0: I don't know. Stop asking me maths questions. (laughs)
1: As if by magic, we fast-forwarded in time, and I'm now speaking to Kelly on the phone. Hello, Kelly.
0: Hello, Pete. Uh,
1: How much is it going to cost to power these 150-watt floodlit lights? The answer is, Kelly.
0: Four lights at 150 watts would be 600 watts or 0.6 kilowatt-hours. That actually works out, and trust me, this took a while, 0.6 times 15 pence, a cost of 9 pence an hour to run your outside
1: lights. There you go. Well done, Kelly. And uh, that one is for Kelly. Nine pence an hour to run your outside halogen light. And the other question we had was all about shavers. Kelly, have you found the answer to this one?
0: If your shaver socket is consuming power when idle, it would be unlikely to be more than one watt. Using the same formula, that's actually 0.001 kilowatt hours times 15 pence, which is 2.5 pence a week.
1: Nice one, Kelly. And that was recorded at about quarter to midnight the day before the show goes out. Nothing like leaving it to the last minute, eh? Now, there was actually one other challenge. This one came in from Chris Andrews.
0: Chris says I would like to see Kelly pass her foundation exam and make her first call by the next show. This would show listeners how it's quite possible for a novice to get <laughs> to get on the air quickly and straightforward.
1: So Kelly, how do you feel about trying to pass your foundation exam in the next 2 days before the show goes out?
0: Well, I think 2 days is pushing it a little bit, but Chris Andrews, I'm going to do it.
1: I'm going to hold you to that. This is on the tape, you know.
0: 100%. I'm going to do it.
1: OK. So you're going to have to do some studying. That's fine. And sit an exam.
0: That's fine.
1: We will be following your progress. You need to get yourself the Foundation Now book and get started.
0: I will do. That will be my Christmas study.
1: OK, Kelly, I'm going to play you a sound. What is yeah. this noise?
0: It sounds a bit like a fax machine.
1: Hmm. You're in the right kind of wavelength. It's a piece of packet data from a satellite.
0: A satellite?
1: Yes. Do you remember you did something that would get your name into space? I did. The F1 CubeSat was deployed from the International Space Station last month with your message on a little memory chip floating (laughs) around. And us amateurs are currently able to listen in for the transponder of that satellite to prove it's up there. I haven't actually managed to hear it myself yet, but that is the noise I'm patiently listening for. And your message is in orbit. How impressive.
0: Impressive, but very worrying.
1: Hi, this is Dave Browse, Darth Vader from Star Wars, and you're listening to FrequencyCast. Okay Kelly, we need the listeners' help now, don't we? We do. As you will probably know, we are award-winning podcasters. We won the 2010 European Podcast Award for the Best UK non-profit podcast. And it is time for people to nominate for the 2012 award. And of course, what do we want?
0: We want to win!
1: So, if you would love to show your support for Frequency Cast, I know we're always asking for something, but this one we mean, and it's free and it's quick. Please go to the show notes for today's show and vote for us in the European Podcast Awards. Every vote counts.
0: And it would be the best early Christmas present ever.
1: And while we're here, it's the end of an era. It's time to say goodbye to something that's dogged our shows for the last three years, the digital switchover. It's all finished.
0: <gasps> Thank goodness.
1: And, of course, what's next? the radio switch over.
0: Great. Frequency cast, now loading, interaction.
1: As we mentioned in our last show, we just love getting your complaints and we've had one in from a Steve Saul.
0: I was a bit disappointed at how dismissive Pete and Carl were about Virgin TiVo in show 80. Other TV providers such as YouView and Sky are now only just starting to offer catch up and backwards seven day EPG guides.
1: He goes on to say the picture quality on Virgin Catch-Up is broadcast quality as it comes down a fibre link.
0: It's a clever bit of kit. The only thing that lets it down is poor overseas customer call centres.
1: Thank you very much, Steve. One other complaint.
0: This one's from Ian Coxall. Reading your article about broadband, you refer to 30 megabits per second. Please be aware this is 30 capital megabits per second.
1: (laughs) That was deliberately to throw you off. Okay, keep on reading.
0: Too many people get this wrong. Little m equals milli and capital M equals mega. Let's try and get it
1: right. Mm. Well, of course, Ian is absolutely correct. On our website, there is a 30 millibytes per second message, but the web guys are on it. And please accept our 10 to the third apologies.
0: Oh, you clever so and so.
1: We did get one email, though, that wasn't a complaint. Kelly.
0: This is from Marche. I like listening to frequency cast. In my opinion, this is a good way to learn English, especially from someone who has an IT degree. Regards from Poland.
1: And I would just like to wish you a uh, gen Dobry, and thank you very much for listening. Kelly, next one, please.
0: This is a message from John Boutal. At last, a decent informative review of the BG remote heating product.
1: That, of course, is the British Gas remote heating control product that we featured a couple of shows ago.
0: He goes on to say, Do you know how it works with managing hot water? For example, what do you do if you don't want the heating on, but you do want the hot water?
1: Now that's an interesting one. The British Gas Remote Heating Control product is actually coming into its own now. When we started reviewing it, it was August and a bit hot and we didn't need the heating on. But it is nice to take control of the heating from an iPhone. I must say though, British Gas haven't actually managed to get around to installing our smart meter yet which I was really looking forward to, but uh, to answer John's question there, uh, the remote heating control doesn't actually handle hot water, it is just a replacement for the thermostat, so it only looks after the heating unfortunately, shame.
0: Now it's time for a podline call.
3: Hi my name's Gary, I live in Scotland. The slime box that I've got has uh, the red power light on and the internet light is flashing and I can't connect to the internet via my computer. I was wondering if you could give me any advice
1: on what is wrong with it. Hi Gary, yes we quite agree. Connecting your slingbox to the internet so you can watch your TV remotely can be challenging, and the two things that cause the problems tend to be firewalls and port forwarding. There's too much to go through in this show, but we'll add a link on our show notes for some help and guidance. Next, in a recent show, we answered a listener's question about how to read electronic books on a screen with a black background and white writing. Thanks very much for the following message left on our podline. Hi there, this is John Gallagher from Waddlesford in Leeds. Totally blind piano tuner here. Just to say with the Kindle app on the iPhone or Android phone, it will not work with speech. The only one that does is a Kindle keyboard from Amazon. If the chap Mr Campbell's got enough sight to see the Kindle app on the iPhone or the Android, that's great. But it just does not read the um, books for us, unfortunately. Fantastic shows. I really do think you do a marvellous, tremendous job. Thanks very much indeed for calling that in, John. We'll add that to our show notes. We also had a phone call about our recent piece about the proposed FM radio switch-off.
0: This is Melvin
2: from Sheffield. Yeah, I, I thought that they were going to keep FM for very local stations. I don't know if that's still the case. I think if they switch FM off, I'll probably not bother listening to the radio, to be quite honest. They'll listen to AM as well. Some of the AM reception is better than DAB reception. And off at DAB stations, are only mono anyway. I mean, it just seems to be going backwards. I think it's a bad mistake if they do switch FM off.
1: Thanks very much to Melvin for the call. No doubt we'll be returning to this one in the future. Now, if you'd like to have your say on anything you've heard in today's show or you have a comment or a question for us, here's how to get in touch.
0: You can leave us a voicemail by calling 0208 133 4567.
1: You can also email us via our site or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter.
0: If you're listening to us on a smartphone, text us now on 07882... 043
1: And we look forward to hearing from you in the next show which should be from Gadget Show Live in London. Thanks very much for listening and please do remember to vote for FrequencyCast. The link is on our website. Go on, show us that you care. FrequencyCast.
3: Shutdown
0: in progress.
1: Thanks for listening to today's FrequencyCast. For news updates and to get in touch with us, go to frequencycast.co.uk
0: while you're there click the add us to iTunes button you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter just search for frequency cast
1: our shows are driven by your feedback so please get in touch and tell your friends